The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And we're joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact, was a head football coach for 15 years with three different teams. North Carolina Central, Nor- uh, Grambling, and then North Carolina A&T won the Black College National Championship with all three. Prior to that, an assistant coach at East Carolina, Duke, and Florida, as well as North Carolina, played his collegiate ball at UNC, where he was an All-American. As a matter of fact, in 2019, inducted into the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. And I would say that we one day will see him in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's Rod Broadway, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Rod. Tell you what, Coach Broadway, so great to catch up with you once again. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Don. It's always a pleasure, brother. Absolutely. What what's good? Like you're you know, you 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 retired, right? You you went out on top, ate another HBCU national championship. You took it to the beach, man. You living the life. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. We're we're beach bombs. <laughs> we're living at the beach and you know, hopefully we can get back out on the water here soon and start doing what we do. We do a lot, so just uh staying isolated and locked in but uh yeah we're enjoying retirement it's been nice yeah i mean what 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 i mean i, I know you don't envy you know being uh at least right now in terms of being in, in college football and where we are you know with the coronavirus i mean your thoughts like we only have a few conferences that are still sort of holding out most notably acc you know big 12 sec i mean your thoughts are, are we going to see college football at least in the fall of 2020 um, you know, you know, I have mixed feelings. I think pros is one issue, and I think college is another issue. I would hate to be coaching in today's game and have to deal with this and not knowing the long-range effect that it has on kids and what it can do for them. I know a couple of studies come out already, but there have been some underlying issues with guys' hearts. And, you know, I, I don't know, Don. That would be hard for me to coach during this thing if I was still coaching and was on a team that's had a season. You know, I probably would take a leave of absence or just walk away from it because I don't think I can put those kids in that position not knowing. And, you know, I'm sure they have a lot more information on their campuses than I have because I'm just here at the beach waiting for the fish to bite. So, <laughs> but uh, but what I've, I've heard and what I've read, you know, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I don't think it's safe for them. Yeah. No, no, it's a good point. I, I agree, and I, I don't think they'll ultimately play, but we'll see. You know, you got a lot of money involved and so forth, which I, 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 I get your point. Like, I hate to equate that to the lives of student athletes, and, and we'll see ultimately what happens. Let me, let, me, let me backtrack a little bit because I know, you know, you and, you and I have talked a little bit here over the last couple of months. I want to get your thoughts uh, at least 
as we, this is the thing, we still continue to see, even after George Floyd, we still continue to see young black unarmed men killed at the hands of the police. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, especially what we've seen uh, in light of George Floyd and all of the social movement that we have going on in this country. You know, it's sad. It is really a sad time. But uh, as you know, Donald, and I know, you know, this is nothing new for us. It's just now been exposed to the world, the things that we've known for years and years and years, the racial injustices, the uh, guys getting shot in the back. You know, I guess to me, one of the all-time worst was in California. I think it was called uh, Fruitville Station or something where they had the guys handcuffed face down on the uh, ground and shot him in the back. You know, guy down in Charleston running away gets shot in the back. Guy in um, Atlanta shot in the back, you know. And I guess to be a policeman, all you got to uh, do is be able to shoot a gun because obviously the training isn't there where you can de- de-escalate things and really talk to people and put them in a calm place and, you know, do what you got to do. But, you know, just to continue to shoot our guys for no reason at all. And, you know, and the sad part of all of that is nothing ever done. Nothing's ever done. It's about time for these guys to be held accountable and for those guys to, you know, do what they would do to us if we did that to somebody. Would just lock us up forever? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, good points. We're joined by Rod Broadway, uh, former head football coach at North Carolina Central, Grambling and North Carolina A&T, who joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Um, let, let me ask you this. I mean, you and I have been talking for, I mean, we, we've been doing this now, botched a row for 15 years. We've been talking before that when you, you know, sort of first started uh, at North Carolina Central. I remember vividly in, in, uh, in I guess it may have been 04, 05, that, uh, that A&T and Central game. Those Aggie Eagle rivalries were always great. Um, for you, you know, one that went to, you've really, like, I, I think I've seen, I've saw you, you really grow in terms of, and you may have already had this in you before, but in terms of HBCUs, you really have an affinity uh, for HBCUs. You've coached at three, had success at three, the only coach to win uh, three national championships at three different schools. I want to kind of get your thoughts on where we are. I know we're seeing it more in college basketball in terms of maybe some guys, five-star kids that are maybe going, uh, considering at least going to HBCUs. But sort of where do you, you stand on that from a, a football standpoint? And I know you have a great affinity for our schools. Well, you know, Don, I've been fortunate enough where I had an opportunity to see it from both sides as a coach, you know, at the, H, uh, at the HBCUs and then the major white universities. And, you know, in my heart of hearts, I really feel deep down that the HBCU does a heck of a lot better job with these kids as far as growing, teaching, and guiding them throughout their college career and trying to prepare them for the future than the white schools do. And, you know, I'm not saying that in a negative sense, but because I've been there, I'm just telling my experience, you know, more or less it was next man up where I think in uh, HBCUs, guys care about their kids and want the best for their kids. It's not all business. You know, it's about taking people, kids, and trying to teach them and guide them and stuff. It's not taking them in, just uh, use them as a piece of meat to play. And I wish we could get to the point where these guys would start fronting and be up front with who they are. And, you know, it's like uh, I think uh, uh, Plies said, you know, when um, they was protesting about Black Lives Matter, all these guys was hidden. 
But when it comes time to play this season, they were all out talking about we're doing this for the kids, we're doing that for the kids. But they didn't say anything back when uh, Black Lives Matter. So what really matters to me, I think, is the money that's involved. You know, and, and it's hard to say, but when you look at things, I don't know how you can put kids in that position to say it's for the kids when you know it's about the money. Yeah. Um, t- let me take you back. Uh, Car- the, the, you spent a couple of years at Carolina uh, as a as a defensive line coach, and then ultimately went to North Carolina Central. What led you to make that move? And what do you remember about those early days? I mean, you didn't you didn't have a winning season, but you were building something. And then from then on, you know, you you just took that Eagle program to another level. Well, you know, Don, it was a it was truly a, a learned experience at that time. You know, because um, one of the things that, you know, and I learned a lot that first uh, couple of years at North Carolina Central. You know, before we went to Central, Central was was running the split back deer. And we came in because I had been with Steve Spurry all those years. You know, we were wide open, throwing the ball all over the place, and that's what I knew. So I was going to come in and throw the ball. Lo and behold, guess what? We didn't have any players to throw the ball. They had been running this back there, so they couldn't do what I wanted to do. But I didn't. I wasn't smart enough to see that. You know, so when I went to Grambling, I was asked, well, what are you going to run? And my answer to people then, I don't know. I'm going to see what we got first, and then that we'll determine from that point on what we're going to run. So the mistake, one of the mistakes I made, I should have gone in the central understanding that let's evaluate the talent and then try to put those guys in a position to be successful. Instead, I went in with a system and want those guys to fit the system. Yeah. And you had a lot of success. Like I I remember uh, specifically 04 because that was the year – you know, you went uh, central, meaning you eight and two, six and one in the conference, but also Fayetteville State, I believe, was the defending champs uh, from the maybe from the year before. Right. And that Shaw was really good. Like maybe Central should have been uh, in the playoffs, but you know, why? Wh- what happened with the turnaround in '04, and then ultimately in '06? I mean, you you know, again were Black College National Champions, undefeated in CIAA play. Well, we just um, we figured that thing out, you know, what we had to do, and we went out and got some really good players that could play, and um, uh, got those guys coached up, and then we won, I think, ten or eleven the third year, and eleven or something. I don't remember, you know, the uh, our last year there. So right. we were very fortunate that we were able to bring some guys in that bought into what we were trying to do, that they ended up being champions there, and had a, a great group of, group of guys that we had an opportunity to coach there. Rod Brock. It was hard sledding for a long time. That first couple of years was tough. Yeah, well, no. The, the, so the first year was four and six, but then that second year, eight. That was a you know nice season, eight and two with the with the yeah. you know thing well, at I'm the top. I'm talking about all the other stuff that goes into you know trying to build a program. Yeah, you know, trying to set the tone, develop a culture, and uh, build that championship pedigree. All those things you have to do, and you don't do it overnight. It usually takes a little while, but um, the guys bought in and they got it done. I'm proud of them. Yeah. We're going to come back with more of Rod Broadway. Talk with him about his time at Grambling at North Carolina A&T as well. And then also his time uh, with Florida uh, with Steve Spurrier. More uh, from the Press Box to Press Row on the other side. Hey, Mommy, what you doing? Just doing some online shopping. Great. While you're at it, can you order an original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky? Of what? An original bag of Marjorie's beef jerky. It's really good, Mommy. Dad let me try some, and I ate the entire bag, and I was hoping you could help me replace it before he notices. 
Why would you eat all of Dad's beef jerky? Mommy, I couldn't help myself. Marjorie's beef jerky is so good, and Daddy says it's good for you. Well, it sounds like we'd had better buy two bags to avoid this from happening again. Marjorie's beef jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's beef jerky online right now at marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's marjoriesbeefjerky.com or call them toll-free 844-340-7613. Marjorie's beef jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. All right, we're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're talking with former head football coach at North Carolina Central, Grambling and North Carolina A&T, Rod Broadway. He's a 2019 North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame uh, inductee. Very well-deserved. Next stop, the College Football Hall of Fame, Grambling. So you come into Grambling, have a lot of success that first year in 2007 immediately. Um, what was your time at Grambling like where you went 35 and 12 overall, 28 and four in conference play with an HBCU national championship? Well, you know, the thing I, uh, Grambling had a lot of good players when we got there. They just needed some organization, some discipline, and to coach those guys up. And, um, you know, we were able to, uh, like I said, you know, I think they won three the year before and we won, we won eight, but lost the championship game that year. I think the following year we end up winning the national championship uh, game, and then uh, last year we were nine and two and should have been in the uh, championship game again. Uh, had a couple of bad breaks, but it was good. Gremlin was good in a lot of ways. Um, the football was serious down there, and um, had some really good players. Um, they knew how a program operated and ran, how it should be done. So it was a, it was a lot of good positive things that, uh, that come out of Grambling. Yeah. But then, you know, um, I had the opportunity to come home and be close to family. And, um, you know, that's what drew, drew me back to North Carolina and A&T. And looking back, it's probably one of the smartest moves I've made in my life, you know, and has gave me an opportunity to be around my son, my grandson, my sisters, and all my family. So um, that was a blessing in itself. No question about it. Definitely want to talk more about the A&T days. What made the Grambling job attractive? I mean, obviously, you're talking about, you know, a winning program, HBCU-wise, uh, 1AA, Eddie Robinson, all of those things. Like, like what, what made this the right job for you? It was just a good opportunity at the time. Um, actually, Donna, um, it came down between Grambling, and they were just getting ready to start um, – a football program at Old Dominion, and um, I was leaving Old Dominion um, on an interview, and that's when I made it my I'm going to Grambling, and um, so we end up going to Grambling, you know. And one of the, one of the turning points is that, you know, in talking with ODU, I could only take uh, two coaches that first year you know, because we was going to start a program, and I didn't I couldn't do those guys like that. You know, because I couldn't go in there with three guys, and we had ten guys that helped us win championships over the last couple of years, and leave those guys without jobs. So I decided Grambling would be a better fit for us. So that's how we ended up at Grambling. Oh wow! I, I didn't know that's 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 an awesome awesome deal. I mean, you know, I, I want to give a chance to sort of set the record. And obviously, you know, Grambling a lot of success, nine and two. Uh, that last year, but I mean, we we heard of some some things maybe that weren't so great at Grambling. Uh, y- your thoughts on maybe some of the things that uh, 
off the field stuff that you had to do, you know, you had to sort of deal with at Grambling. Well, what did you hear, Donna? <laughs> well, maybe and the I, alumni I was a was a little was a you know maybe a little rougher than perhaps they should have been, particularly with the success that you had. Yeah, it was a um, it you know, and I really you know as I look back on it, I don't think it was anything personal. You know, they just wanted some Grambling people at, coaching at Grambling, and that's their right. You know, and and I think one of the things that um, we did that really upset them is that. You know, um, they wanted to come out on the field and help us coach. And I told them, you know, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, you know, we're going to coach a team. If you want somebody else to coach, that's fine. But as long as we're coaching, this is how we're going to do it. The other issue we had uh, to straighten out uh, up front was that we'll be on a Friday night team dinner, and they thought they could come in and just eat with us. You know, sit down, pull up a table and eat. And I told him no. So I had to stand up to him. I had to push him back. And, you know, I think that was the start of uh, why they were so – um, could be so uh, hard sometimes because, you know, I pushed them away and said, this is how we're going to do it. And I had to stand up to them and say, you know, if you want to win in program, you want to do it the right way, i do it this way. But if you want to do it some other way, you need to get somebody else. And that was as simple as that. Yeah. You know, but uh, I wasn't going to let them run the program, <laughs> especially when I was a head coach. Right. Right. And then ultimately, okay, so that said, ultimately you come to A&T, in 2011 I know you wanted to be back home but you've talked about this many a time and we talk about all the success but what I mean was it just about being at home like why A&T though especially with what A&T was going through at that time you know what um it um you know, there was a lot of times after we made the decision to come back to A&T and seeing the position that it was in that oh boy I thought I made a horrible mistake you know, and uh, even, you know, um, I don't know if you remember, Donald, but there was a time when, you know, my first talk with A&T, uh, no, I, I can't do that, you know, because you, everybody kept calling, well, that's the graveyard of coaching. You can't win there. You can't do that. And I think that's that was probably what motivated me most, people telling me we well, couldn't win there. And I knew A&T had a good academic uh Situation. We had a, a new chancellor, basically, and Dr. Morton, a new athletic director, and Earl, uh, Earl Hilton. So it gave us an opportunity to come into a situation and try to build a, a football program, which I am grateful for. You know, I had an opportunity to work with what I think is an outstanding school with outstanding people, and I'm proud of those guys and what they were able to do and how they jumped on. And we had a great team there. And I'm not talking about the football players, per se. I'm talking about the team from top to bottom, from the chancellor all the way down to the guy that came in the field house. Yeah. You know, you know, what's interesting, like, I, you know, and I was around the program specifically in 2011 and had a chance to work uh, with you uh, 2015, uh, 16 uh, and, and 17. But to me, the to me, you know, you look at that first year in 2011, you take a t- you know, you take a team that's coming off with an over season. Five and six, four and four. And we got to be specific about this thing. The last four games were on the road. And in those last four games, you had a chance to either tie or win the game on the last, essentially the last play of every one of those games. Like, I mean, am I overstating that by saying this? That could have been your best coaching job at A&T that year in 2011. Well, you know, the thing about that, Donald, is – we played very well, but we didn't have enough players. And what was happening to us, we was running out of gas in the fourth quarter. 
you know, uh, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, uh, I guess our second year, we didn't even have spring practice at Gremlin. They cut our hours in the fall because of um, APR, and we didn't have practice time then. So we were facing a lot of obstacles at that time in trying to build that program. But uh, I think the thing that got us that first year is that we just didn't have the depth to play with those guys. Now, we could play with them for three quarters, but then they would wear us out. And you could see it on the tape, man. I mean, we're playing our butts off, but we just didn't have anything else to give. So we had to go out and, you know, we got their upper national signing date, so we didn't have any uh, scholarship that first year. I think the second year, we may have signed seven guys. So in two years, we got seven guys. That's three and a half guys a year for the first two years. So those, those were the um, – some of the obstacles that we had to overcome. And you take, you know, seven scholarships in two years, you take away spring, and then you take away uh, some of the hours in the fall. You know, it made, uh, it, made it tough there for a while. And, I, and I'm telling you, you know, everything I told that thing wore me out. You know, I probably still be coaching if we didn't have to go through those first two years at A&T. That wore me out trying to fix that thing. And, you know, we had a lot of support, you know, again, from the chancellor. Our football coaches, they did an outstanding job. And, of course, we got some, as you see, some outstanding players that we got in and helped develop. And those guys ended up winning a lot of football games, a lot of football games. And I'm proud of those guys. Yeah. And the coaching staff and, and, and everybody that was involved. Yeah. Yeah, no question about it. Rod Broadway, again, former head football coach at North Carolina Central Grambling and A&T won three Black College National Championships with each of the programs, joins us here on the program. Um, uh, that 2017 year, how, how special was that? 12-0, 8-0 in conference, and another HBCU National Championship. It was special. It was um it was uh it was really special, you know, again, because we had outstanding players and outstanding coaches and, and everybody was on the same page. I mean the administration, everybody was after the same thing and um, you know, and I thought and my son kept telling me that he's he kept saying, Dad, you need to go one more year. Next year may be your best team ever, you know, which uh but it was time for me to go down. I was wore out. I didn't have anything else to get. I couldn't continue getting up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, staying over there at t- uh, ten o'clock at night anymore. I was too old for that. So I uh, took the first exit out of there and uh, left it in good hands with Coach Washington. And, of course, you know, they ended up winning another championship the following year and then the following year. So they've done an outstanding job there. Yeah, he definitely has. Again, Rod Broadway joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back, wrap things up with Coach Broadway on the other side. Hey, did you hear about the Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser? The what? The Marjorie's Beef Jerky 1 million order fundraiser. No, what is it? It's a fundraiser for Marjorie's Beef Jerky. For every 1 million orders of Marjorie's Pick Any 6 Flavors Beef Jerky, they'll donate $2 million to employ civil rights attorneys and or provide burial costs to people for unjustified murders. Wow, that's pretty cool, and I do love Marjorie's Beef Jerky. I'm going to tell all my friends and you should too. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. We need your help to reach 1 million orders so that we can assist those in need. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's marjoriesbeefjerky.com or call them toll free 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Welcome back to From the Press Box to Press Row, talking with Rod Broadway, former head football coach at North Carolina Central, Grambling, 
and North Carolina A&T, also an assistant coach uh, at ECU, Duke, Florida, and North Carolina, won a national championship at Florida in 1996. Tariq Cohen, got it. can't get away without asking you about Tariq Cohen. Uh, he's doing his thing, obviously, in the National Football League. Uh, with the Bears, was I, I, it was all pro. They may have been, even his first year was all pro. Uh, with the Bears, is really getting it done. Tell us how you were able to get Tariq Cohen, who left A&T as the all-time leading rusher in MEAC history. Well, you probably need to give Coach Oliver a great deal of uh, credit because he kept he kept he wouldn't uh, he kept bringing him in. Coach, take a look at this guy one more time, and we would look at him, and I would say, Trey, he he looks awful small. And then you know we have another recruiting meeting the following week, and he would say, Coach, take take one more look at this guy. So it happened about three weeks in a row. I say, Okay, Trey, you ain't gonna leave me alone. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go down and visit with the kid. And uh, see see what type of person he is, what kind of attitude he has, work ethic, and all those things. So I'm gonna go down and see him. So I went down to the school and fell in love with the kid. And he and actually, Donna, he was a lot bigger in person than he was on the film. He looked like a little uh, eight year old like that killing those boys <laughs> when he was in high school. And he was making clowns of them. You know, he was a boy amongst. Uh, I mean, he was a man amongst boys out there, and the smallest thing on the field, and was killing them. And you and you could imagine him in a little two A league in North Carolina with those skills. You know, he could do that stuff in the NFL at those skills in high school. He was killing those boys. And you know, I probably one of the smartest moves that we made. But uh, but here's a kid that um, uh, nobody offered. But we have a lot of those kids. I mean, we got three guys in the NFL right now that nobody offered. But A and T. If you look at Brandon Parker. Yeah. You look at Terry Coyne, and then you look at uh, Daryl Johnson up at uh, – we got oh, Daryl Johnson yeah. for a bag of peanuts and a Coke. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but um, but we knew after having him for a year that that boy had a chance of being special too. So I'm proud of all those kids, you know, not just Tariq, you know, the ones that made it big, but also the other ones, you know, as you talk about, you know, Denzel Jones there, and uh, he's coaching at A&T now. You know, one of my favorite players uh, – Walked on when we didn't have any scholarships and helped us build the foundation for the program and uh, tried to hire him one time, couldn't get it done, and finally got him hired. Now he's coaching at that. Now, and that's a great story to me. Here's a guy from uh, Dudley that walked on at A&T that helped us build the foundation and win a championship with him, and now he's on the coaching staff there. Oh, man, what a great story. And the stories like that and kids like that that uh, – Really, uh, my heart goes out too because those guys were unbelievable. Yeah, you know, you'll be the sometime we talk. You'll be the first one to tell me you're just an old country boy from, you know, from Carolina. Uh, what do you remember most about those days at you at college, your college football playing days at UNC, where you were an All American? You know, it's so long ago. But I guess the thing that really sticks on I remember is the friendships I made. Right now. Um, my best friend in life is my college roommate. You know, we've been friends for, what, 50 years now, basically. And, um, you know, we met at a couple of uh, high school All-Star games, became uh, roommates at uh, North Carolina, and eventually later on in life became brothers, so to speak. But uh, actually, he has a uh, he is moving down here uh, next year. He and his wife retired, so they're moving down here to the beach, and uh, so we'll get a chance to spend some more time with them in the near future. But those are the things that I remember. And then, of course, being able to win a championship at uh, North Carolina, you know, uh, as a player, that was um, very very rewarding. 
and also for the time that we put in David and win some championship. But to get back to what you said earlier, you know, uh, I wish somehow, Donna, we can get those black guys like myself to take a good hard look at the ANTs in North Carolina Central and the Gremlins because you can play a good brain of football and you can get just as much out of it as you can. You know, until they start treating them right and doing the right mind, then maybe those guys need to uh, explore the other options and consider going to an A&T in some of those places because I'm going to tell you, it, it's a different ball game. It's a different ball game how you treat it. You know, they think because they got those good shiny, shiny weights, a big old nice uh, lounge for the players, that that's what it's all about. No, it's about the players. Now, if you're at, me and my roommate talked about this a couple of times, with the University of North Carolina in 1973, okay, our coach was born in Mobile, Alabama, went to school at Mississippi State, and been in uh, Mississippi most of his life. He comes to North Carolina. If I'm a black person at the University of North Carolina, if I got something I need to uh, handle or deal with, who do I go to? Mm. Do I go to this white guy from Mississippi that that we can't relate to as a you know as a father father figure or a mentor, but as a football coach? Who do we go to? At that time, Donald, we didn't have anybody to go to. You know, obviously we had a guy on the team by the name of Charles Waddell who was older. He was our go-to guy when we had something to deal with. Uh, and the same thing today. Who those guys go to when they really need somebody to sit down and talk to and talk about what's going on at home and, you know, the mom, you know, had to send their uh, refund check home so mama could pay a bike bills and deal with those uh, sort of things. You didn't have to deal with that stuff at uh, Alabama or Georgia or those places. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, were you, let me ask this, were you recruited by an HBCU? If you were, do you regret maybe not giving a closer look? You know, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, you know, I visited North Carolina, Tennessee, Michigan, Michigan State, West Virginia. And back then you didn't have the um, five-trip limits that you have now. I went to Kansas. Uh, so I went to a lot of places, NC State. I went to a lot of places, and, um, you know, I don't know at that time if I was ready for it, Donna, but what I know now as an old man or middle-aged man, I would definitely encourage my son, and my son ended up going to HBCU, yep. and my grandson, uh, who, who's an outstanding little ball player. That sucker's good. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, I, I would encourage him, and he loves some A&T now. I'm going to that boy's in love with A&T. He's in love with A&T, so hopefully one day he may be there. Yeah. Last two thoughts. Rod Broadway, former head football coach, North Carolina Central Grambling and North Carolina A&T won three HBCU National Championships with each of the schools, joins us here on the program. Uh, must have been some pretty good times for you uh, with uh, Steve Spurrier at Duke in Florida. We're ultimately in 96. Uh, you all, the Gators, win the national championship. What do you remember most about those uh, days with him? Well, you know, we go way back, and um, actually we started as assistant coaches together at Duke back in 1980. And uh, But what I remember about that year is that, you know, we lost a ton of – well, let me go back to the year before. In 1995, Donald, we were outstanding. We had a great football team, and we go and play Nebraska in the national championship game, and they beat us 62-21 in the national championship game. And it was a pretty good game there for a while. We had a guy dislocated hip and, you know, you could feel the momentum shift and uh, uh, Nebraska just beat the brakes off of it. Like I said, 62. They weren't that much better than us. 
The following year, again, we were the number one team in the country. You know, we lost the final game of the season to Florida State and had a rematch with them in the National Championship. Now, in the National Championship this year, the year we won it, we put 52. I think we beat them 52 to 20 in the National Championship game. Now, we weren't that much better than them. You know, so I've been on both sides of it when you get in games like that. And, you know, sometimes it just falls your way. And that's what happened to us in 95 when we lost to Nebraska. And that's what happened to us in uh, 96 when we played Florida State in that championship game. It's just one of those games, man, where we were on. We were on. And, again, we weren't that much better than them, just like uh, Nebraska wasn't that much better than us. But in that day, they were much better than us. Yeah. Last thought. So, I mean, I, I, and it was interesting to hear you talk about the ODU piece, which I didn't know. And I think I think they were at that time may have been they were transit. They were going to FCS at that time. Correct. No, they were starting football at that time. They were going to start the football program. Right. But were they going to be FBS or FCS at that time? FCS. FCS. Yeah. Yes, they were going to be FCS. OK, so and, uh, of course, uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, it was an interesting uh, dynamic, you know. I'd gone up and business with them. And like I said, I made my decision up, you know, because they wanted me to come back and meet with the president. And, you know, on the way back, and I told you the reason why we ended up taking the thing, but um, um, we had to call them and tell them, you know, I'm not coming back. You know, y'all need to move on because I'm going to Grambling. But um, it, was, um, <laughs> it was a hard time at that time because Old Dominion was so much closer. And, you know, if all was said and done, if I could have taken the whole coaching staff, I may have taken that job at that time. I don't know. Right. You know, but because I couldn't take those guys and I didn't think it was right, nor could I live myself. If, you know, we just won championship. How are you going to tell yeah, well, you don't have a job. Right. You know, so that that wasn't. That that wouldn't have been fair on my part to do those guys like that, right? So you know, a lot of a lot of black coaches, uh, head coaches, etc., um, have not gotten the opportunity. We and you can look at it today, like you you look at the you know the FBS level and 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 there. I mean, it's it's really it's sad, quite quite frankly. And it, it you know it's it really is it, it is. And 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 I would contend that part of the problem with the National Football League and black coaches is because of the lack of head coaches at the FBS level. With that, are, are, do you feel like you were slighted at not being a head coach at an FBS school? Well, let me start by saying this, and I get into it. As me and my wife always say, what God has for you, he has for you. Okay? And what God has for me, he had. But do I think I could have done an uh, outstanding job? At one? Of course. You know, I've coached at that level for 24 years, and I, even when I was assistant coach, I thought I could do it just as good, if not better, than a lot of the guys that had those jobs. But we wasn't given those opportunities. And, you know, and that's the other reason those black kids need to start considering going to it. Now, you can – Go there and you can play your butt off for him. But me getting a job at North Carolina as head coach is zero. Chances are zero. And I could be the best qualified player they have. I mean, uh, can they have. But, you know, they're going to hire a black guys football coach there, just like they're not going to hire a black football coach at Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas, Tennessee, and all those other places around the country. You know, but I know, is it fair? No, it's not fair. Is it wrong? It's definitely wrong. And that's why these young black kids and the pastors start looking at some of these things because they're used to the user up and then they'll move on and they'll say thank you, goodbye. And that's it. You know, and hopefully you got a ring to take with these, what they're saying. 
but uh, it's a, it's a, it's not a fair business, Donald, because there's a lot of people. You look back, you know, you look at people like Joe Taylor. You know, you look at people, um, you know, Joe Taylor could have uh, done, a, done an excellent job there. He had the organization, the skills and all that. You look, well, Coach Jeffries had an opportunity. But then you look at young guys, you know, like Cornell Maynard. You look at guys like uh, um, uh, Brian Jenkins when he was at um, – but Tom Cookman, but he ended up going to Alabama State, Alabama State, and didn't do quite as well. But you know, there's a lot of those guys given an opportunity can be successful because you have so many more resources that's available to you. You know, and the difference, and I say this all the time, Alabama gets who they want. We get people nobody wants, and we got to win with them. Now that's a big difference. You you're going against the whole world against the top players in the world, and we're going to get guys that nobody else wants. Who job do you think is harder? Yeah. No question about it. it Rod Broadway against uh, three uh, different schools, meaning North Carolina Central, uh, Grambling, and A&T to HBCU National Championships, also an assistant coach uh, on that Florida team in 96 that won the national championship. Taking some time to join us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Broadway, I've always appreciated you. You you've always spoke how you felt. But, you know, this is the first time we've done this like in depth. Like we've been on this thing for in excess of 30 minutes. I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your candor. Uh, I want you to continue to enjoy retirement. And as soon as you're able to get out there on the boat, man, hope you and I know you will have a lot of success in catching, you know, a, a, a couple of fish or two. Yeah, and you know, Donna, uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you and the job you've done, and I know your new adventure here is going to be outstanding because you got your hand in it. So good luck to you, brother.